I don't think anyone can deny that there is so much pain, hurt, hate, and destruction in this world. And it seems as though many of us have begun to embrace it. You know what? This is just the way it is. And as a result, we figure out ways to cope. And there are two big factions of coping. One is the religious way, where we circle the wagons of our, those who think and act like us, and we look for religious practices or rituals that'll help us cope with what's going on as a way of embracing it, and in a way of, way of like saying, you know what, we're just going to hunker down and wait until Jesus comes back, and he'll make everything right. The other side is the spirituality side, or the spiritual side, where, we, where it promises a space for people to get away, to meditate, and not feel what's going on in this world today. Now, there are practices that will help us engage what Jesus is doing, but Jesus is in the messy middle of restoring, redeeming, and healing all of creation, and he has invited us to take part in that. The question is, will we? Gandhi once said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. If Christians would really live according to the teachings of Christ, as found in the Bible, all of India would be Christian today. If this quote resonates with you, then this podcast is for you. This is The Jesus Tactics. So, Phil, what are we talking about today? Well, it's interesting. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about two roads. There's the broad road that leads to destruction, and there's the narrow way that leads to life. And I think it doesn't take much for us to look around and realize, in America at least, we are on this broad road of destruction. And I think the broad road is where we have circled our wagons of our tribes and have, you know, we only have a tribe that uh, people who look like us, believe like us, act like us, have the same political views as us. And when we look at other tribes that are different from us, we dehumanize them. We are lobbying, you know, verbal hand grenades at them. We're actually hoping for their complete destruction, mm-hmm. and we don't want to see them survive, live, or even get their way. And and it may not even be to the point where we want them to die, but we don't want them around anymore. Mm-hmm. We almost don't want them to exist. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the broad way. Don't you think we tend to over spiritualize that? Sometimes that we just think that when Jesus is talking about the broad road to destruction, that he's just talking about, what you're going to go to hell, and you're going to be there forever. Mm -hmm. That's not really what he's talking about, because we see it played out in reality in our life. And it's hell here. It's hell here. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree that we over-spiritualize that and not realize that there's some really tangible, real life, right now, issues with it. Mm -hmm. And and so in this, with this podcast, we're talking about how is doing good to our enemy, doing good to that other tribe or that other person who has hurt us, who's treated us unjustly, who's maybe said some mean things about us, but you know, who, who have um, hurt us, mm-hmm. people who we view as our enemies. And so God, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount has called us to say, do good to them. And doing good to them is the narrow way of life. But for some reason, we, we, have, we struggle living that way. Mm-hmm. And so this narrow way of life is, how, how do we live that way? I have no idea. No, just kidding. Well, it's called the narrow way because so few people go that way, mm-hmm. right? So few people choose this path. 
That's why it's narrow. So for us to become Christians who live like Christ, it means we're going to do good to our enemies and we're going to love them so that we can heal the world. Mm-hmm. So it's an intentional decision on our part to love our enemies and do good to them. This is what's different. This is the opposite of the wide road that leads to destruction that everybody else is on. Mm-hmm. So for us as Christians to say, we, we, we pledge ourselves to loving our enemies and doing good to them with the intent of healing the world. That is being on the narrow way. It is. So one of the ways I'm seeing this played out in my life and in other people's lives is for me to do good to my enemy or to, even if it's just not my enemy, even if it's just somebody I don't like. Disagree with. Disagree, something like that. For me to do good to them means whatever hatred or violence or injustice they throw at me, I don't return it. So that's for me to say if I absorb as much hatred, violence, and injustice as I can so that I can recycle that back to them as love and forgiveness and kindness. To me, that's what it means to do good to my enemies. Because that is who God is. Mm-hmm. God does that same thing. He Examples on the cross, he absorbed all of that. Mm-hmm. He recycled that out as... But like you said, love, forgiveness, and kindness. Mm-hmm. Not a wrathful, I hope you all get dis- destroyed. And why does God respond to us that way? Because ultimately, He is good. Mm-hmm. Like, He is goodness with a capital G. And if some people have grown up in church or in religious circles, to say God is good sounds really cliche-ish. Yeah. It sounds really trite. You know, it doesn't have any meaning anymore. But one thing I've noticed... When we have visitors come to our orphanage and we walk them around and we get to tell them stories of how God has just provided for us or maybe how he has brought some of our kids from the point of abuse to working through healing and just being on this process of restoration, we just talk about how good God is and what God does. And they, what I've discovered is most people believe in God, but most people don't really think that he's good. They don't really trust that God is truly good. And I would say that that's true for most Christians as well. I agree. But the reason why God treats us this way, that he even on the cross took our violence, hatred, and injustice that we threw upon him, and he recycled that back to us as kindness and forgiveness, is because he is truly good. So for us to do good to our enemies so that we can heal the world is to live just it's to reflect the character and nature of God, and it's really how we were created, and it's really how we're built to do it that way. But it's, a, it's the narrow road because so few of us live it. And, and I think it's the narrow road because it's a hard way to live. It's to, to absorb that hate and, and, you know, and, not, and not recycle it. You know, so for me, a real tangible way that this played out so I think I've talked about my neighbor before, and our, our neighbor he, he he lives by himself, an older man, and someone who seems like he's always angry at the world. And in our backyard, we we have this grassy area, one of the few places in our neighborhood that has a grass area where kids, the, the neighborhood kids come over to play soccer back there. We do have a fence, about a four foot high fence, but you know soccer and soccer balls and kids learning how strong they are. The ball goes over the the fence every now and then. And up to a certain point, our, 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 our grumpy neighbor, 
uh, would say, hey, you know, only Caleb can come over and get the ball. It's okay, just come get the ball. Well, one day the ball went over, I guess, one too many times. My son is on the way over to, to, to get the ball. He comes out full of rage and just cusses my son out, cusses the kids out, and just goes off on them. So angry. And all, all the kids are just like, oh my goodness, what just happened here? And so they all retreated inside the house. Very next day, he sees me. He cusses me out because we don't have a fence tall enough. He's tired of the ball in his yard. So come Christmas time, or actually come, come New Year's Day, it's his birthday. And he doesn't have a lot of friends. One of the things he's been bad at is, is relationships. And I know that he sees us as his enemy. And so I told my kids, hey, we are going to take him cookies in a balloon for his birthday. So we kind of missed New, New, New Year's Day. But a day or two later, we, we went next door with cookies in a balloon Knocked on his door. He goes, who's there? It's kind of this whole gruff, like, don't want to talk to anybody. And we're like, uh, it's your neighbor. We just want to wish you a happy birthday. And you hear the shuffling of the feet. He, he comes to the door. He opens it up. And we hand him these cookies. His whole demeanor hmm. changed. Wow. It softened. It was like, wow, you remembered me. And he had a smile on his face. We had a nice conversation. And just he's just looking at that gift, like, just very grateful or something that someone remembered it was his birthday. So even though he's treated us harshly, mm-hmm. to return that with love mm-hmm. and forgiveness, our relationship with him now has changed, actually. He's been very cordial to us. He waves to us. Um, he, you know, we're, we're doing some work in our house. He says, hey, good luck with that. Hmm. Calling out the goodness in someone by forgiving them and loving them does something amazing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we would have returned that with more violence, it just escalates. Yeah. And, and, and we don't live into who we are when we do that because it also then corrupts him mm-hmm. and it makes him more violent and more hate, hateful. And by, by violence, you mean even just violence Verbally. with words. Yeah. 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 And so we end up corrupting each other more. So that's a good example of taking the narrow way, mm-hmm. right? So absorbing that right and, re- and recycling that returning that as love kindness and forgiveness mm-hmm. towards him so jesus didn't over spiritualize that either i mean you just took the narrow path on how to deal with that problem right with your neighbor yeah who may see you as an enemy but you see him as a friend mm-hmm. and you see him as somebody who is created in the image of god whether he sees himself that way or not right right yeah that's awesome. And then to just to, to, to love him that way, to call him out in that way. So do you think, I mean, this is kind of hard. This is where our faith, mm-hmm. this is where the rubber hits the road. For us to say, well, to do good to others, to do good to our enemies means that when they project violence and injustice and hatred towards us, we're just going to absorb it and we're just going to recycle it back to them with goodness, love. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Like that's not easy. Right. Well, there's suffering involved. I mean, to, to absorb someone's injustice, to take it and recycle it, they're suffering. Mm-hmm. Well, we all suffer in this life, all of us, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, whatever. We're all going to, God doesn't save us from suffering. So 
So we might as well suffer in a way that will heal the world. And that is to absorb the violence, the hatred, and the injustice towards us and to recycle that back to that person as love, kindness, and forgiveness. God does not save me from suffering. We want God to save us from mm-hmm. suffering, but he never promises to do that. Um, he, didn't, he didn't save Christ from suffering. I want a God that saves me from suffering, but he won't do that. What he does promise is that he will be with me in it. Mm, so what suffer. So what does he save me from? I mean, God does not save us from injustice. What God does, he saves us from, from becoming unjust. God doesn't save me from gossip. But he does save me from being a gossip. He doesn't save me from criticism, but he does save me from becoming a criticizer. He doesn't save me from enduring hardship but he does save me from inflicting hardship on other people. That's what he saves us from. That's so powerful. So we're all going to suffer. Let's do it in a way that will heal and redeem the world. And that's by absorbing the violence. And it stops with us. It's got to stop with us. Right. And I think for me, when, when we were talking about this, the hard thing is like, well, but then that just means those who are treating me unjustly get away with it. That, that I think, what well, what, what we're not saying is that we don't stand for justice. What we're not saying is we, we, we don't push back against injustice. That's not, that's not what we're saying, because there's a time and a place for us to say, no, that's not right. But right now, there's a, everyone wants to be the prophet. Everyone wants to say, to, to call out and to criticize what's, what's being done. That's, that's unjust, and, and, and to a point that demonizes someone else. And we all want to be, we would rather call out what's wrong than actually take time to call out what's the goodness in someone else. What if part of the way of justice is also saying, calling out the love and the goodness in our enemy? Because here's, here's where I know for me that I forget. Like we've said if we agree that we are, we are everyone is created in the image of God, and if God's core nature is love, and we are in His image, do we have a core nature of love? Yes. I think so. Yeah. And so that means even our enemy has that. Even though that may be beneath the sin, like I said, the depravity or, or, or this disease of sin that we all have, somewhere inside our enemy, my neighbor, mm-hmm. There is goodness mm-hmm. in him. There is love in him because he is created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. So what if in, instead of calling out him and his unjustly cussing my kids out, mm-hmm. I were to find something that's good that he's doing and call that out mm-hmm. and say, that's, you are a good man in this area. That's called speaking life into people. Mm-hmm. And what we tend to do is want to project death and speak death at people. Ooh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. That's what you're talking about. It is. We again it goes back we we would rather yeah, speak death and destroy the enemy. Mm-hmm. Instead of speak life. And speak life to them. That's the narrow way. That's the, that's the Jesus way. That's, that's what Jesus did. And that's the way that, that that will heal. Yeah. So, okay, so to love our enemies and do good to them, kind of recapping a little bit here. We're saying that uh, we can do we can do that because a God is good. 
He really is good. And we're made in his image. So this flows out of our being. This mm-hmm. isn't something that we just try to do. But so God is good. Therefore, we can respond to others in goodness and in love. It means that any hatred or violence or injustice, we're saying that's going to stop with me. I am not, I may absorb, I'm, it may come my way, but I'm not going to pass it on. Right. And as best I can, with God's help, I am going to respond in, with love, kindness, and forgiveness. That's what we're saying. Yes. Right. And th- this is another little tweak in my head is that me doing good to my neighbor is not just about me doing good. This is about the goodness that this could do in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. This is about seeing my enemy be healed. You were talking earlier today something about some. You were talking earlier today about some scriptures with coals in it. <laughs> is that right? Yes. For those of you uh, listening to this, Phil is like the the master barbecuer. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. You you are you are you're awesome. You you do chicken. You do tri tip. You do all kinds of things. Um, my kids love it when we come to the Steiner's house because he's he's a barbecue master. And I thought it was funny that you came up, you saw some scriptures that pertain to this that had the word coals in it. Yeah. So, thanks for that transition. <laughs> Segway. Segway. Do I need some lighter fluid? Let me say some lighter <laughs> So when we do good to others, what if the love does violence to the hate in our enemy? Not, right. not to the person or any, but actually it does, it does violence to the hate and the violence that's in them. Wait, say that again? What if love does violence to the hate in our enemy? So when you absorb hatred and injustice Mm -hmm. and you recycle it back as love and forgiveness and kindness, what are you saying that's doing to the person you're sending it back to? What are you saying is happening? It's actually burning out the evil, the sin that's in them. Yeah, no... yeah, that's that's what you're saying. Yes. What I'm saying is love is the very judgment of the evil. Hate and violence in us and in another. So it's it's love is actually doing something that we think violence will do. And it doesn't. Oh. Oh. So if I return hate for hate, violence for violence, we think that's going to drive that out of them. Mm-hmm. That's how we think we we achieve peace is by more violence. So mm-hmm. we, if I do more violence, eventually they give up and we have peace. Mm-hmm. That's not because how it that's works. that's the broad road. That's the to broad road, right? Okay, right. But the narrow road is believing that actually loving and doing good to our neighbor will actually drive out the hate, the violence, and the evil. So Romans twelve twenty, there's this verse that says, "If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head." When I used to read that. I would say, I'm going to do good to you, and God's going to judge you. He's just going to like just <laughs> smack you over the head. So it's a passive-aggressive a passive way aggressive. to get back like, at him. It was a spiritual way of like, hey, I'm doing good to you, so God's going to judge you. But then I got to thinking, so where have I heard these coals before? So the scripture says it's like doing good to somebody is like heaping burning coals in their head. Right. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I got to think, so where have I heard these burning coals before? So in Isaiah 6, 7... Isaiah finds himself in the throne room of God, I think probably in a vision or or in a dream. And very quickly he goes, 
oh my goodness, I'm I'm a depraved man, I'm sinful, I'm guilty, I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. This place is a holy place. Mm -hmm. What happens is the angel comes and gets a burning coal, comes to Isaiah and touches his lips, and God says, you are now guilt-free. You are clean. Mm. It was the burning coal that cleansed his guilt, his sin, so he could be in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. What if the burning coals, by doing good to others, those burning coals actually burn out the hate in other people, Mm. in our enemies? Mm. It's actually love that does that, not the escalation of Mm -hmm. violence. And it actually then heals our enemy. Mm. So responding to our enemies with love, kindness, and forgiveness is a weapon Mm. to them. It's an offensive weapon that's meant to set them free to burn out the injustice, the hatred, and the violence in them Mm -hmm. that they were directing at us. It's a way to to burn that out of them. Like hot coals would burn that out. Right. Hot coals would burn that out. I don't think I've ever thought of it quite like that. That, that like by, by doing good to our enemies, we are literally participating in God's purifying, healing, redemption of our enemy. So wait, so we talked a couple episodes ago that God is not soft, squishy, and sentimental. Right. Right? right. His love is self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. Mm-hmm. That has teeth in it. Yes. Right? His love towards us has teeth in it. So for us to respond in the narrow way with love, kindness, and forgiveness to our enemy, mm-hmm. that actually has teeth in it. Yes. It's not being it's not being a doormat and responding with being soft, squishy, and sentimental to them. Mm-hmm. It actually is offensive. It's on the it's going at them. Yes. That scripture says is like a burning coal will heap will will burn that that darkness out of them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That that's what I want for me. Yes. I want that crap burned out of me. Me too. So the way for me to cooperate with God in that and others is to be kind to them. Mm-hmm. It actually doesn't. I think Romans says it's actually God's kindness that leads us to for, to repentance. Yes, it's not His anger. It's not His wrath. It's His kindness that turns our life around. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's true for God, then that should be true for us too, with others. Right. And it's even mentioned. Jesus even mentions it on the Sermon on the Mount that His kindness falls on what is it the, the the evil and the and the good the just and the righteous the just the, and, yeah somewhere <laughs> something like that and sermon on the mount it falls on everybody so luke 6 35 it says he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked hmm. god is kind to the ungrateful and wicked why is god kind to the ungrateful and the wicked because it's kindness that will draw people to repentance. Yeah. Man, we have this messed up. Yeah. We are on the broad road of destruction, and we can't even see it, I think. But we can turn the tide. Yes. We can choose the narrow way. We can be the 1% that says, I see your just injustice, I see your violence, I see your hatred, and I'm going to respond to that with Love, kindness, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's hard. We might suffer, but it's we're going to suffer anyway. So let's suffer in ways that will bring healing to the world. So those of you that are listening to this, we want to call you out and ask you to join us 
in the narrow way. Join us in that 1% of people to love our enemies by doing good to them, by absorbing that hate, violence, injustice, returning it with love, forgiveness, and kindness, because that's who God is, and that's who we are, and that is what will heal this world.